He's a blood. He's a blood. I'm leaving this in. Blood with a stripe. Absolutely leaving that in. All right. Hey, gamers. This is Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire, and I am here kicking it on Skype with my friend and a friend of the gaming hobby in general, Richard Simpson of the We're Not Wizards Gaming Podcast. You want to say anything about your podcast? No. (laughs) No, there's too much out there. (laughs) I don't know. It's I hate doing this. I hate kind of. I'm not a kind of a, a kind of a. Yeah, I tell you what, we're just an interview podcast, and we're going out and about, and we're just speaking to people left, right, and center, and it's fun, and you have to join in, and we get lots <laughs> of guests, and we get lots of, you know, uh, and Liz has been on the show, and we've had um, more disappointing people like Mike Delisio. He's been on the show. He's a disappointment, and uh, yeah. I'm so there glad you that you have it right on that score. <laughs> it's just like levels. Levels of things, you know, levels. See, this is video. You shouldn't let me do video. This is why we do audio. Oh no, we do video. I'm I'm all about this. I'm all about this. So it's just like, so I'm all about that face. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you doing to entertain yourself in this great time of time indoors? Well, because I'm working at home, um, and you can't see in the video, I no longer have to wear trousers. So that's quite good. I've just been walking about, feeling the breeze. Um, <laughs> you know, as a gro- as a grown for- a grown forty five year old man should. <laughs> well, I'll be real. I ha- I haven't put on real pants in like two or three days. Like I wear pajama pants around the house, but just like that. Yeah, you like, know, you're the- like, lucky if I'm changing my underwear just now because I'm just like I can smell, <laughs> and my view is like you know. Um, we're talking about distancing ourselves from people and, uh, um, you know, isolation and stuff. Yeah. And all I'm just saying is, like, if I'm going to, like, say, the mall or the store, if I'm using I'm using American terms because I'd say supermarket, and I'm stocking up on all the toilet roll I can get my hands on, um, I want to keep people away from me. So there's two ways to keep people away from me. Right. I can, um, <clears throat> I can gently smell of urine, which I'm comfortable with. <laughs> Or I can just like go when I get into the middle of a crowd. I can just go. (laughs) Such a fever. Just watch them them scatter. Watch them kind of scatter. So that kind of thing. So that's kind of nice. Um, um, relaxing wise, do you know what? I have been gently catching up on all those little bits of TV that I've meant to be catching up and doing all those little. DIY jobs around the house. Ooh. You know the ones where it's like the coat, the hat, the rack where we hang the coats up. It's like a wooden board and it's got like four of those metal kind of coat hooks on it. Yeah. And because we put lots of coats on it and you don't take coats off, it gets starts to move a bit. It starts to get a little bit sugly. So um, I, I fixed that. That's fair. I fixed it. I put some raw plugs in the wall and I, I made it so it's steady and strong. Um, what else? Um, I got a new clock for the room, big one. So I've put that up on the wall. Um, I uh, was starting to edge my lawn. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know about you, Liz, but when I was thinking about the apocalypse appearing, I didn't think it would be... <laughs> DIY and chores. Yeah, I think I my kitchen is cleaner than it's ever been. It's like because I just it's like <laughs> wait, I have time to wipe the counters down, and not, I'm not like exhausted, ready to go to bed right now. Like, ooh, everything smells that. like citrusy. Like, What's going on? <laughs> we'll have to keep I'm you so out of my apartment. <laughs> I'm so clean. I can't even talk about it. You know, I'm showering um, at least more than once a week now. Um, you know, I've got that kind of. <laughs> That lovely kind of, um, you know, I'm just washing my clothes in the shower with me. So, we, you know, we, I smell the same way. I'm just trying to save my resources. Perfect. Um, which is, which is, you know, which is great. You know, you just got to watch the, the fabric softener because it wrecks my hair, makes it all frizzy, as you can see. And I've not oh. got an awful lot of hair to not be frizzy. So you could uh, just yeah, call it volume. I'd like, I used to, I remember volume. <laughs> I remember volume. Volume was a thing that used to happen to my hair, uh, and now, and now it's just shiny, reflective, 
kind of light, which is why I was conscious of, you know, appearing on camera. Um, um, because I have generally a face for podcasting. So I did have my, my super, I stole this from my son. Um, I mean, it's interesting because we originally stole it, stole it from somewhere else. I thought, but then I realized it makes my ha- my hat, my head look really, really big. <laughs> um, it's like the first episode of Star Trek The Cage, you know, with the guys with the big blue heads that were kind of making all the illusions. Can you imagine how different that episode would be? Hey, at least you have a red hat really big and not a red shirt. Google, yeah. <laughs> I can put it on backwards. There you go. I was going <laughs> to... I was going to wear... I had other hats. I'm not. I've got cushion. Like I've got a red cushion. That doesn't there work. There we go. Perfect. So, uh, so, have you been um, playing video games in your in your isolation yet? Um, I kind of not. I'm still. I'm kind of working from home, so I'm not officially kind of isolated. But it does mean that you're kind of like. Um, I was used to kind of like going. Yeah, can't wait till Friday. Go to the board game club, and then I'm like, oh, Ooh. that's not happening. Yeah. Um, but I've been catching up on, um couple of video games dark i've been going back into dark souls 2 Ooh. yes yeah that's too hard for I'm me a big dark so- i'm a big dark souls 2 fan i've got all of them i've got that i've got dark souls i've got dark souls 3 i've got um dark souls 4 dark faster um i've got dark souls 5 tokyo <laughs> drift um. <laughs> so i have a question for you then so if you're playing dark souls that means mm. that you must like your video games to be really difficult, like in a technical no. way. No. So what's the appeal of it for you? Because that's no. all I ever hear about it. It's one of the reasons I've never played it because it just sounded miserable, like more work than my actual job. Mm, no, it's not difficult. It requires a lot of skill. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, it requires you being open to learning something and not forcing your way through something. Because there's a lot of video games you can play, whereas if you just get the biggest armor, the biggest, um, the biggest weapons, then you can just basically bash your way through something. You know, you can right. you can floor that big bad guy. Whereas in Dark Souls, there's people that actually do runs where they've got like no armor at all, and they've got like a level one character, and they do the entire game. And it's all dark. The thing about Dark Souls is, it's unforgiving. As long as you are not willing to learn, if you're not mm-hmm. willing to change, if you think you're just going to do the same thing again and again and again, which is why it has this lovely mechanic where um, you have the option to reset a level at any time. Hmm. Okay. I don't like how things going. I can go and hit a bonfire, which is just generally like your your waypoints yeah. where you start. And if you like, if you sit, rest at a bonfire, it resets the entire level, and all the enemies respawn and stuff like that. So it gives you the ability, if you want to, just do big slogs, build up your character. You can do that, but you also get some people that run from bonfire to bonfire. You don't have to fight every enemy. Hmm. Which is a big thing. Interesting. So I like it. Like it. I really, really. I I kind of really, really like it. Um, Dark Souls isn't. <laughs> It's controversial opinion, and and this is when the haters are. Dark Souls gets bad after the second half. People say it's a masterpiece. It's not. After the second half, it gets dull. There's a certain point in the game where I think they 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 kind of got to the point they're rushing a bit to mm-hmm. finish it. I mean, like I Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, dragons and stuff. <laughs> bad idea. Um. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, Dark Souls not that bad. It's not difficult. It takes time, and you got to learn. But it's not. It's very, very good at what it does. It's Interesting. like it's a very good teacher. So you know, it's 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 like, yeah. So it's good to hear your opinion on this because before you were a board game reviewer and before you did your amazing non-magical at all, I promise, board game podcast, um, you reviewed video games. I can hear the sarcasm. I did, yeah. I... Magic. <laughs> <laughs> Ma- magic. So, magic. <laughs> so when you review video games, did you... I don't know a whole lot about this part of your life. Did you do it professionally? Was it something that you did the way that you do board games no. now? 
Like, no, it was it was I I've maintained one thing I've maintained through my life is being mediocre and amateur at everything that I do. So I support that. I've, <laughs> I've never ever reached a professional level at any point in my life and I've embraced that and I did that with video games. And the thing with video games is when you get into video game reviewing um, and it's kind of like bo- it's kind of like any reviewing you want to review the kind of the best of the best mm-hmm. you want to review the top level you want to review the dark souls of video games you want to review the best that's coming out you know your god of wars and witchers and everything like that because you want to be saying yeah this is fantastic it's a nine i want super mario galaxy with my hat and everything like that and but um what i found after a while was there's two things i like to do yeah Mm -hmm. um i like to write opinion pieces because um like everybody else, I think my opinion is important. Yeah, you <laughs> know I right. love my own opinions. I'm a reviewer too. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? There isn't any other opinions. Any other opinions? Um, mine. All other <laughs> opinions it, exist opinion to make my opinion one. look good, right? Exactly. All you know, my opinion is number one. Every other, everybody else's opinion is two or lower. Just window I mean, dressing. That's how you go. <laughs> exactly. But then. <laughs> exactly. Anyone, IGN, I'll take them all on. You know what I mean? How difficult is it to do a video where you, you know, oh look at us with our Doritos, um, page shells. Um, but anyway, that's just, they're not. They are, but they're not. But they are. Um, but anyway, let's face it. If you're dealing with a big, huge multinational company, a video game player, and you say their game's rubbish, do you think they're going to send you another game? No. So you always end up saying they're quite good. So, but the other thing I like to do when I was reviewing games is I like games that are sixes and sevens i love games that are fours and fives i adore games that are threes and twos (laughs) because there's there's something to say much more yeah there's some you know they've got because when you've got a benchmark Mm -hmm. like and this is me going outside the camera i'm here yeah yeah right when you got a benchmark for how good something is yeah for you to make something and for it to be so mediocre and terrible at some point you still think that it's worthwhile putting out there there's a there's a certain there's a certain courage to that that i respect so you must have a lot of respect for kickstarter wow (laughs) that's that's pretty bad Wow, did you go there? I did. Are I you actually there. going on record on video and saying that all Kickstarters are terrible? No, I'm not saying all Kickstarters are terrible. I'm saying a lot of Kickstarters are mediocre. And I think that that's true of a lot of board games. I think that most games that I review are fine. I do not think that most games that yeah. I review are great or even good. I've been on a good stretch recently because I went back through the Oniverse. I think those are all good. It's really yeah. nice to just review yeah. a string of good games because they're just not all like that. But I like reviewing bad video games, um, like the same way that I like <clears throat> to have bad guests on the show. Um, See, this is why I'm really your best guest into- ever. <laughs> this is why- no, it's not that. It's no, that's a bad thing. Isn't I don't get bad guests. I, there's only there's only ever a bad host. You never get a bad guest. If a guest sounds terrible, it's because I'm rubbish, basically, and I've not found out the best way to do it. But the the good thing about video games and the good thing about the mediocre to the terrible video games is you can really hammer up and go to town on your review. I mean, you can read, you can read like say um, ten reviews of their Witcher three, and they all very kind of follow the same kind of thing. You yeah. know, there's not really a massive, there's not merely a massive kind of detour from the main line and the main message. But it's when you get things, games which do some things which some people consider good and other people think, and other people consider terrible. It's when you get slight differences of opinion that I really like, you know. And I am, um, and and sometimes I'll I'll not, I'll not be terrible and bad about a game. If a game's really bad and terrible, then I'll tell people because they deserve, they deserve to kind of know. But um, I think um, with board game stuff, I think. Um, we're so seven at the moment. We are. We are. There's. A, I get. I see a lot of sixes and sevens in my life. 
we're so seven as in and I also think um, people aren't willing to say something's rubbish I think there's very few people that will come out and say that's a definite four that's a definite five but do we get that do we get that because I, I well I, I have a five coming up this week on Dice Tower really but it's middling it's a game that works but it's not that mm-hmm. interesting and like maybe mm-hmm. if you really like the theme you'll like it it's a five I hate that. I hate that. I hate that phrase. I hate the kind of I like. I don't like it, but if you like that kind of genre, then you might like it. No, no. I literally mean. Well, you'll see. You have to actually like the theme of the game because the game itself isn't very good. But you have to be attached to the subject matter to like the game. <laughs> what theme is it? Is it? Can I guess? Is it pancake making? Yes. No. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm so. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's Batman and Lego Batman. Yeah, first time. Um. (laughs) But actually, one thing I think is really interesting is that we have a community that gives us mixed messages for viewers too. So people can watch this like video. I'm going to lose like 100 subscribers over this video. But um, so I I actually have had really good feedback on my reviews. It's either if it's critical, it's useful. Typically, I don't usually Hmm. get comments that are just crap. Um you know, or people are supportive and it makes me feel encouraged to keep going. But in general, like if you're like in the forums of board game geeks, so like not actually my personal experience, I'm happy to say for the most part, I feel like there's a sort of like a damned if you do damned, if you don't thing where you, if you, if you don't ever go negative, you're a shell. But if you do go negative, it's because you have bad taste and you're beating up on some poor designer because inevitably you'll bash something that someone likes. And I think I think uh, I like being up on designers because generally um, a lot of them don't get outside, and I'm usually stronger than them. So if they come after me, I can push them over. I mean, I'm just saying. That's fair. Just general. Just there you go. <laughs> just take that. You know, uh... I'll fight. It's easier to fight designers because uh, this is the truth. Okay, the difference between video game designers and board game designers is there's usually more video game designers. Right. Like board game designers, so you're usually, usually looking at teams of one or two. But the so video game designers t- are so tired. Yeah, but there's more of them. Mm. It's like that whole thing is like, would you rather fight, you know, would you rather fight um, kind of like, you know, 20, 27-year-olds or, you know, or seven 20-year-olds? You know, it's yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> You're not going to come. But I'm just saying, like, video game, I don't know where I'm going with that. But I'm just saying that video game people, there's generally a lot more of them. So if you go and pick a fight with somebody in their video game company, there's a good chance maybe 10 or 15 people are going to rock up. Mm -hmm. And they might be tired, but there's still 10 or 15 people. Whereas you can actually go and fight (laughs) board game designers. I don't know where I'm going with this. You know, there's usually only two or three. I mean, really... I mean, they're 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 generally quite a lean a lean type team. I mean, you occasionally get like you know, um, you occasionally get bigger people. Like I meet I met like say David Turtsey, and he seems like he could probably take somebody quite well. Um, and then thank goodness, um, you know, you've also got like Mark Cook from Hush Hush Products, who's the CEO. I mean, he would just pick you up and just put you on various shelves <laughs> if he didn't like you. Um, you know, I think Bez would be pretty. She'd be pretty handy in a fight. You know, I think she she's quite flexible and moves about quite quickly. I think she could. Well, didn't she design Yogi? Ass. Exactly. <laughs> Do you want to mess with somebody like that? With somebody, you know, they'd be like, Choof, smack. Also, she could lay so waste to go. me with her words. All those word games. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So what we're saying is, um, yeah. So fighting, fighting board game designers is fine if they don't agree with your opinion. So that's good. So via this because we're entering into the apocalypse, so we might as well bring the kind of the Mad Max <laughs> level type of type of violence. All right, I'll go put on thing. my impractical boob armor and uh, <laughs> like some little fur accessories. <laughs> it just just don't make sure you jog. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. But um, it's actually fun to talk to you too because like I really enjoy the act of reviewing something and you know it's it's and I, you know you're right i actually do like even if the game is not good 
I think reviewing it gives me a better understanding of what I think is good and what I want in a game. Like, I think I get more articulate about and particular about games as years go by of reviewing. Because it's like the more you do it, you see more games, you have more points of comparison. And it's, I think it's a really mm-hmm. enriching experience for me as a gamer to take the time to actually review games. It makes my play experience I better. The, I think the only thing I see, and I see this again and again, is the fear to actually critique the parts of a game that somebody doesn't like. I see an awful lot of reviews which seem to talk about, and you'll enjoy this bit, and I enjoyed this bit, and I enjoyed that bit. And I think it can be difficult. It's the whole thing. It's the difficulty of um, if you know that you could be speaking to this person again or meeting with this person or continuing to interact with this person, it can be difficult for you to say, well, I didn't like that bit. But surprisingly enough, in the bits, in the reviews that I've done recently, especially for Kickstarter ones, where I brought up stuff which I didn't think really worked, Mm -hmm. the feedback that I had was, well... Um, this is really valuable to me because right. this is me putting out my this is me putting out my commercial product product now, and it's still not too late for me to make changes and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, what's interesting about it is that, like they're saying, well, I've I, I, you're the first person to mention this when I've had it previewed, and it's like, well, because um, I still treat a Kickstarter preview as like a a critique piece. Mm-hmm. Um, And I know that there's a lot of Kickstarter previews out there, which kind of puts me off doing Kickstarter previews because I feel like um, you're kicking a puppy. I have really slowed (laughs) down on them. I've really slowed down. I only, at this point, have been taking... I'm kind of reaching the end of doing them even as, like, just something that I feel like I should do for a designer I generally like. And I'm, I'm trying to only go from this point for projects that I'm really excited about. So I took um, By Stealth and Sea, a David Thompson game. David Thompson has mm. never disappointed me, and I literally just wanted to be one of the first people to play that game, and I did not regret that choice. <laughs> but I'm trying to get to the point where I'm not taking Kickstarters that I don't really believe in. And I've never taken one that I thought was garbage. Like, I, I've had a couple that I didn't want, and I I sent them back rather than make a video. Every Kickstarter preview mm-hmm. that I've done is for a game that I thought was good you know but yeah i um i don't even want to do that anymore to be honest i just really prefer to review and i like to do tutorials you know i'm a teacher it's my nature like i want to teach people games and make them more accessible but i think also the way i think being a teacher also does affect the way that i criticize though because even when i kind of take a dump on a game i never like if you were that that review of Guy Fieri's restaurant in Times Square, where he just asks all these questions that are just really horrible. Like, why do the marshmallows yeah. taste like fish? You know? <laughs> just, it's 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 like the best takedown I've ever read. I, I laugh so hard. But my own reviews never look like that. I actually do try to see a couple of good things in a game, even if I don't like it, mm. and then say that there are things that I don't like, but I'll always say what I don't like. I usually lead with the good, then say something mm. bad, if I have something bad to say, and then I'm like, but... Maybe this would have a place in your collection if this. Or, I really can't recommend this, but I appreciate the effort in this area. And I think that the reason I do that is because I'm a teacher. I mean, I criticize my and students' yeah. writing all the time. But it's like that little sandwich yeah. of, like, I see the good in you. Here's the problem. Here's some sort yeah. of hopeful message, as hopeful as possible, yeah. based on what you've given me. It's, <laughs> and I, I prefer it's to the do Darth it that way. It's Darth Vader criticism, isn't it? You start off good. Oh, yeah. You then turn bad, and yeah. then at the end, there's the redemption. But sometimes it's um, not that redeeming, like, but like a little bit. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> like I'm never gonna tell you that I something's good if it's not good. Like it's not gonna happen. So, see my my issue with the way I'm writing reviews is I write I write <laughs> the way that I write is I write it to kind of entertain mm-hmm. as well as review. So I'm always conscious of, um, I'm very conscious of a couple of things. I'm very conscious that the reviewer market is a crowded market. It is. And I saw that, I saw that today. I saw, um, um, I'll give you an example. I saw, um, I think it was Sam from um, Gamelin going onto Facebook and saying, right, okay, we're looking at reviewers for tiny epic, epic tactics. And um, I've got that game. I mean, I, 
but I was playing over Christmas and stuff like that, and I, you good? know, I had had a bit of fun with it. Ooh, look at that! I'll face. get onto that. It has I'll, good parts. There are I'll good things. It has I'll summer qualities. <laughs> if you're a big fan of the genre, no. Um, See, I anyway, am no, a big fan of the genre. I love tactical stuff. See, if you like your Final Fantasy Tactics. Stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, um, it's my favorite gonna, game ever. I'm gonna get round to this. Yes. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get round. I'm gonna get round to this. My point was that Sam put up this post saying, "Would you be interested in having a review copy?" There's literally. 47 comments on there from so many different people yeah. looking to do write up on it and then I and then you look at the write ups and the write ups are very very kind of basic mm-hmm. and when I do a review I am self indulgent <laughs> I think that I'm I'm self-indulgent. I think that I'm an entertaining writer. I'm very conscious that I've started recording mm-hmm the reviews that I do as well and putting them out as podcasts. So part of it, I'm thinking about, well, is this going to come across? I kind of write the way I speak, which means when it comes to me turning the reviews into audio reviews, they work quite well. They, they kind of flow quite well because I just go, nah, 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 nah. But I'm also conscious of I just, I sometimes have taken paragraphs before I've got into a game because I just like to enjoy writing. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily on a deadline where I'm thinking I've got to write about this and I better stick out kind of like two or three hundred words um, in order to fulfill my obligation. Right. I'm just like writing stuff because I really, really enjoy kind of writing for it. So there's that. I kind of like doing that. I kind of enjoy that. So um, and sometimes I'll get into a mood. It's really weird. The reviewing kind of things is there's two sides to the reviewing. There's the actual playing the game. Mm-hmm. And then there's the gusto for getting to create the content about the game, which can be a chore in itself. I don't know if you ever get kind of like video block where you're just sitting there going, this isn't going to, I cannot find the first, for me it's the first sentence. You if know I'm writing the first sentence and once I get past the first sentence and the rest of it kind of flow. For me the issue is if I'm not in the mood to film, I feel really cranky until I get in the groove. Like sometimes I just mm. kind of put it off a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I always get there, but you know what? I actually don't script anything like my dice tower reviews right. that I do. I'm just talking. So basically I just talk at the camera for like probably like a time and a half of the time you actually see. And then I just cut the mm. parts where I'm going like, uh, and then thinking about it. Like that's literally it. I just talk because Maybe that's stupid, but that's just what I do. If I script it at all, it's that when I when I play the games, I take notes about like things I liked, things I didn't like. I distill it down into mm-hmm. some bullet points, so I already kind of know what I'm gonna say, and then I just like yeah go back, and that's just how I do it. I don't know. I um with my written reviews, like I I really admire people who riff a lot when they write and they have these really fun and entertaining writing styles because I actually feel like my writing style mm. isn't that. I feel like I'm. I'm a very business-like person in my reviews, I think. Yeah. Um, I actually... I, one thing that I did for mine is I completely cut the rules explanation stuff. Because I hate that in reviews. Yeah. If I want to know the rules, I'll watch a playthrough or read a rule book. That's what that's for. That's yeah. not what the review's for. So I try to really like cut yeah, to the yeah. chase of like what is the solo mode like so you know what you're getting. Especially because solo players care a lot mm-hmm. about is it true solo? Is it multi-hand? You know, how do you do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Yeah. I just do like overall thoughts where I talk about the good and bad points of it. And then I sum it up with, do I recommend it or not? Hmm. But I'm very like, bam, bam, bam. Like, let's get through it. I want it to be, I mean, I want my writing to be entertaining. I don't want you to hate reading what I write, but I also really like to like hit the point. Like in regular life, I'm a total chatterbox. I will, I will talk forever. I don't think I've shut up since I learned how to talk, (laughs) but (laughs) But uh, in my writing, I actually like to keep it really tight. I think it's probably because really? my parents are both um, former journalists. All right. So, you know, when I was little, my mom used to read stuff that I wrote, and it was always shorter, 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 cut it, cut it, cut it. And so I try for writing that has very little bloat, just because yeah. that's my personal style. And I don't know if people like that or not, but it's what you get, I guess. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's two sides. I mean, when I'm recording the podcast, there's no structure to it whatsoever. You know, everybody will guess that. There's yeah. absolutely no structure. It just goes where it goes. And then at some point, we'll, like, 
talk about what we're meant to talk about and then it'll finish whereas the writing side of things um i can write quite quickly but i generally um i don't think i could just do the kind of boom 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 style right and i just yeah. don't think it, it doesn't work for me because i kind of lose interest and i find when you're writing about the kickstarter you do have to do a little bit of a rules explanation but i'm finding yeah. i'm doing it kind of less and less and i'm talking talking about the experience of actually learning the game yeah which i think is important because i yeah. think that's really really important nowadays is that kind of like i think it's when there's such a choice in what you can get to the table I think it's really, really important to talk about the kind of the, the learning experience that you have at the same time. Yeah. Because I don't want, I don't want somebody going, oh, you recommended this and you said it was the best game ever. However, it took me two and a half hours to kind of set up and even get through my first turn because it was really, really difficult to, to learn it. You yeah. know. Um. But uh, yeah, so I kind of, that's where it was coming from from that. But going. Pulling it right back to um, to um, Epic Tactics. Yes. Yeah. Um, Epic Tactics is a peculiar peculiar game in that the solo mode has seventy five percent more to offer. Than really? The, the yeah. The solo mode has all these lovely little quests, and you actually get to have. You get to turn over the pieces and use the like the dungeon stuff and things like that. So there seems to be more kind of adventures, the tactic stuff. Don't get me wrong; it's very, very good and it's very, very fun. And I had a blast when I was playing it. I was playing it over um, Christmas with my nephew, who Aww. just isn't really into board games, and um, but he is into kind of video games. And I said, "Okay, well we'll play this." So we put it up, and um, <clears throat> the table presence is wonderful. I mean, it is. You're building up like a 3D landscape that you play around, and it's very, very impressive. But then I was noticing there was like all these cards, and I was noticing the inside of the box, and the box has like got little dungeons. And I was like, okay, so what do we do with that? And it turns out you don't seem to use an awful lot of that stuff unless you're doing like the solo player. So I think the solo player is going. I think the solo player version won through maybe, over the kind of the multiplayer version. Maybe I'll ask for a review copy of that then. <laughs> Maybe you should. But you know what? I, I never ask should. on Facebook, though. Like, in those threads, I don't ever want myself to get lost. I always just email direct and, like, try to have more direct contact with the designer or publisher that I'm working with. I um, I generally try to not just ask. I generally am quite um, cheeky. Not cheeky. It's like, okay, you're totally cheeky. Because but I, I'm not... Well, I am. Extra so I mean, now that you're walking said, around without your pants on. No... <laughs> <laughs> pray i don't stand up um but no there was there was that kind of whole thing about um like going back to sam and i just put a comment to say um you know well we've already got it so we, yeah. we would we'd be able to write something but you'd need to send me one of your dogs because i went and clicked on sam's profile they've got these huge beautiful furry husky Ooh. dogs and i'm like I am willing to be a paid shell if being paid is having one of these big, huge <laughs> dogs being sent to me kind of thing. But I'll do them all the time. I'll do that. I don't know. I just think there's, you need to be a differentiator. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're in, this, we're in this lucky situation where we have... We're starting to get a little bit of a name. Yeah. So it's easier for me to approach somebody and say, you know, uh, I... I we've reviewed this for this person and we've had this this person on the show and it gets me a way in yeah. um you know or you know i mean there's not <laughs> there's not many people who haven't had on the podcast now but you know it does give you a kind of a good way yeah. it does kind of give you a good way a kind of good way in but um also um let's not get let's not be silly here um you don't want to end up with a big huge pile of review games anyway because they're really no. really difficult to get i got too many right i now. don't under Really? Yeah. But, of course, for me, things have really changed since I started doing Dice Tower reviews. You know, I was doing okay. Oh, I wonder when you were going to drop that in. Well, because I was talking about I the ease of getting I wonder when you copies. were going to, like, drop it in. Dice Tower. <laughs> it's like, oh, proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Well, you know what's interesting really? is it? So, 
I don't think Tom will mind me talking about this. He's a really cool person, actually. And we had some really good conversations. Yeah. Like, I um, yeah. I got in touch with him, and I said that, basically, I kind of got tired of doing board game breakfast. I was feeling, like, uninspired, but I wanted to keep doing videos for Dice Tower, because yeah. I got on Throw a Punch Lunch, like, forever ago. And my first videos were for mm. that. And so... I was thinking, like, oh, I bet I know what he needs. He needs probably more reviewers because poor Tom is reviewing, like, eight games a week. <laughs> and so yeah, I exactly. um, I just wrote and said, hey, and I wanted to go to more conventions and have a place to, like, sleep that I didn't have to pay for. So I just wrote and said, hey, you know, can we... <laughs> well, it said it for me. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a service, right? I was like, can I... I just asked if I could, like, write reviews in exchange for, like, being on his booth staff and staying in whatever Airbnb they get at cons that I can go to. That was all I asked for. And um, he actually does pay me per review video. Um, Wow. And I really like that because for me, that means that I am being paid in the only way that I feel comfortable in this industry, which is by media. So I'm a full-on media reviewer. I I got my dream. Right, because I mean, I'm on record as being somebody who feels really uncomfortable taking money from publishers for their products. Yeah, because that's advertising to me. So I'm in a situation yes. now where I can do this ethically and make a small yes. extra income on top of that. It's not a lot, but yeah, you know, I'll take it. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's also meant a real change in the review copies that I get. Like, I used to get mostly yeses. And then, like, the occasional no or non-response. Lots of non-responses, actually. And now it's so much easier to get review copies, it's almost too easy. And, like, people contact me sometimes. And it's, like, it's weird. Because at first you're really excited about it, and you're like, yes, 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 yes. And then you're like, wait, no, 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 no. (laughs) Because they just pile up. I always check. It's like, you're sure you're looking for the non-wizard people? Yeah. Because I know there's wizard people that do kind of board game reviews. Shall I put you them, you know, in kind of their direction instead? And they go, no, no, we we meant you. And that kind of confuses me. Um, I think the strangest one lately was uh, I got um, some stuff sent from Funko. Mm-hmm. The Funko Pop guy. So I got, I got um, sent the Jurassic Park Ooh. one and the Golden Girls one. So I got them through, and I was kind of like, this is weird, because they're like a big organ, they're a multi-million dollar organization, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll just get this kind of sorted out for you. And I was kind of like, okay, and then nothing happened for a couple of weeks, and I thought, well, I'm not going to chase it, because, you know, it was like, you know, the fact that you even responded to the email, and then they turned up, and I'm just like, okay, so I'm going to kind of kind of look at, look at that. Um, There's the big obviously the big coughing elephant in the room which is um <laughs> the current situation regarding because you're okay because you do solo mode i do so you can sit there you can say this is this I'm is per- i was built for this <laughs> <laughs> i was built i was designed for this apocalypse you know yeah whereas the other side of it is if you're doing if you're trying to review multiplayer games at the moment, I don't even know how you're going to be able to do that. Tabletop simulator. And I'm wondering why people. Uh, but it's not the same thing. Like you don't know it's how funny the same thing. a game is, or how serious, or how tense a game is until you've like. I mean, for for solo mode is different, but when I'm playing with my game hmm. group, I want to feel that tension and I want to feel that that interaction more because that's part of the experience of the game. There's a tactile. There's is, there's something very tactile about holding some physical pieces in yeah. the hand, and you it gives people. I like to see how people interact with the pieces on the board if they're picking them up and looking at them or appreciating them yeah. or if they're feeling the quality or rubbing it on their face. So I tell them yeah, not like, to do like that. it. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta sleep yeah. everything these days. What do you do? Exactly. You get that back in three days when it passes through. I'm just gonna get um, a chess set and but, like put little baggies around the pieces. <laughs> just be cutting off the fingers of gloves. Yeah. There's a, another pawn. Okay. There's another pawn. <laughs> There's another pawn. But yeah. So it's the question is how are people going to be doing it? Because I, I think if somebody's going to be spending money on a game, I don't know how I would feel if somebody's you're buying it for the mechanics I don't know if you are people like the cardboard and they like the stuff so I, yeah. I can appreciate somebody saying I want to know what it's like on the mechanics but what happens if it's a pain in the ass to get back in the box 
Yeah. Or the components aren't fantastic. Or the components aren't fantastic. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. It's a first world problem, isn't it? Totally. How do we review board games? But But, I actually love the tactile nature of games too. You know how people complain about Onirim and like they don't like the shuffling? I actually really do like the shuffling. Mm. I find it very soothing, like having something to do with my hands. Like I don't fidget as much as I used to, but when I was really little, I used to be like a leg bouncer. You know what I'm talking about? Like you're just constantly really? bouncing your knee or, you know, I used I'm, to fidget I'm with doing, stuff all the I'm time. Doing, I'm doing that now. I'd, I'd stand up and show you, but I'm not going to. No, don't. that would just, be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just, get, just get my hat. <laughs> that hat was never meant to be used that way, Richard. It's going to reflect on the time I used to be able to wear a hat like that. Think about what you've done. <laughs> what you've said. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so that's an issue. I mean, there is, it's kind of really, really funny. It's kind of like, in some ways, this is the board game apocalypse because it's not allowing us to do certain things like yeah. get together in groups. I mean, Aircon was there was at the weekend and um, <clears throat> and I made the conscious decision not to go. Yeah. I was really, really sad about it, but I, I couldn't sing squint. I, I'm kind of I'm doing side saddle. I'm like a Victorian lady on a horse. I'm kind of sitting side saddle. <laughs> um, but I made the conscious decision not to go to Aircon because I was like thinking, um, all our office is old. I mean, yeah. I'm like I'm the youngest guy. I'm one of the youngest guys in the office, and everybody else is like quite old. But and I was thinking, what happens if I go back and some of them have got elderly parents and it's like what if I go back and give it to them and it's like could I live with myself you know if I'd spent an entire weekend having lots of fun playing lots of board games could I live with myself and knowing that I'd passed on a virulent disease to them and their relatives and it was like it would really depend on the game I played to be perfectly honest but we'll see if it was worth it um so yeah i'm actually having to be extra careful not for myself because i mean i'm a teacher we've just gone Mm. to digital days Mm. so that's a whole experience of trying to figure out how to teach people a language over the internet and you don't have they don't necessarily even have the equipment there's no schedule you have to just come up with activities it's wild that's another day but i have to be very careful about what i bring home so i've been very serious about isolating because Mm. my boyfriend is someone who works in a group home and then a nursing home. Wow. He's a CNA. And so, uh, right. you know, I am so proud of what he does. And, you know, not only is this his vocation, but if I get him sick and he doesn't show symptoms, you know, know. what have we done? There's there's a lot of moral weight to that. So I've been very good about staying inside, not going places I'm not supposed to go. I did venture out to H Mart to get meat. Because it's a Korean market. And that meant that all mm. the food hoarders had not gone there because they're dumb. <laughs> and slightly racist. Well, yes. That's part of being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I find is like um, over here, everybody's kind of gone for the pasta. Yeah. So I went to the gluten free aisle and they've cleared out all the pasta, but they hadn't taken the gluten free gnocchi because they didn't know what that was. <laughs> that was like. <laughs> So one thing I've learned, though, is that, so I guess I could have thought of this because I know that British people call the uh, the toilet the bog, but the term bog roll has just delighted me endlessly over the last few weeks. (laughs) It's just so funny. (laughs) But um, it's because I'd actually already heard the term bog troll for like the people who, you know, try to like spritz your hands and like hand you mints for tips. In the public bathroom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, um, bog roll is definitely a thing. And it's like, it is kind of, it's kind of, is it gone a little bit out of fashion? I don't know. It depends. I think um, it's a kind of an, it's, it's who you're speaking to and whether or not you want to impress them. You know, mm. if you were going maybe, if you were, you know, um, somebody you know who's introducing yourself to your partner's parents for the first time um and if you did and if you did excuse yourself to go to the bathroom and you you know you find you were caught short you're probably gonna say you know you're gonna tap on the door kind of 
Yeah. Excuse yeah. me, um, do you have any toilet paper? Yeah. You know, you're not going to, you know, kind hey, of slam the door. Oh, it's on me. <laughs> Got a bog roll, Dennis. It you does know, sound so disrespectful. I think that's what I like so much about it is that it sounds rude. <laughs> but it's for like a, it's a, it it's does. a completely normal household objects, but it just sounds so rude to say. I think that's why I like it so much. It's, it's not actually inappropriate, but it sounds like it might be. I it think that's why I like it. Completely. It sounds like bog rolls green. Let's face it. <laughs> if somebody gives you a roll of bog roll, it's green. You go, it's bog. Um, but if somebody, I, I know somebody referred to it as toilet tissue. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> toilet tissue. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's just very delicate, they used to you know? They used to lift their pinky when they wiped. Yes, they used to. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Pop. <laughs> Oh no, I've done a tummy sh- I've done a tummy shame. <laughs> Who's in the toilet? It's, it's Mama. Oh my god. But yeah, there's definitely something <laughs> If you leave it long if you leave it long enough she'll do God save the Queen. <laughs> So, one thing I've been making lots of jokes about because I'm a Latin teacher is, and you've taken Latin, you know this, is that, uh, so, I mean, what do we need toilet paper for? You just need a shared sponge on a stick. I know. Like, uh, so in Roman public latrines, they just, like, had a bucket with some water in and, like, a sponge on a stick and everybody used the same sponge. We've come a long way, people. There's a, I don't know, I think we're on our way back to that when people are just, like, going, yes, I utterly need tweak. And it's like, what are you, what are you going to be doing with these 27 rolls of toilet paper, you <laughs> disgusting man? It's just, um, <clears throat> there is the danger, though, if you've got the sponge on a stick. If you take that to the wrong party and they're having fondue, that's a whole different... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> well, did you know that people used to fight for the rights to clean out ancient um, public toilets? So they wanted to collect human excrement so they could sell it as fertilizer. Because if it was a public toilet, See, that's, yeah. you had like higher quality crap. Because somebody who had a richer diet might have gone in there, so you collect yeah. it and you use it in the fields, which is like horrific to us but i don't know i mean i guess it worked oh oh you can eat thursdays that would have been interesting <laughs> um and the, but no but i mean there was that thing about um the saying about um i brought this up a little about not having a pot to piss in yeah and that was because people used to take urine to the tannery um and get money and that's what the really really poorest people do so they, we've got all these um things that we've got to look forward to when society just backtracks <laughs> kind of starts its inevitable <laughs> forget plasma donations inevitable break just go have a drink down. go to the fuller <laughs> <laughs> get caught short with a toilet tissue <laughs> at the other side god save the queen kind of thing i gotta tell you though it makes me wonder like how much soap mm-hmm. do people think they need even for like three or four months worth of soap like how how disgusting is a as a kind of an entire race were we before that we weren't using that amount of soap right. i mean how often were people not washing their hands i mean were they yes. hang and just not you know that'll be good and yeah you know i was i kind of i said that um 2020 will be um, remembered for being the year that the cases of stomach viruses, colds, <laughs> and other and other diseases just like fell off the chart because everybody's all of a sudden kind of washing their hands. At the same time, things now are better than they've ever been. Like you know, think about it. People in earlier times used to have to cut an orange in half if they were rich enough to buy an orange and hold it under their nose <laughs> so they wouldn't smell like themselves and the people around them. So you actually needed. <laughs> <laughs> to like apply direct access nasal you know protection because everyone smelled so bad 
I mean, people used to, like, the whole family used the same bath water. Or, like, you know, if you go to Roman bathhouses, they're like, oh, the Romans were so clean, how hygienic, blah, 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 blah. But would you want to be the last person yeah. to get in the hot water that day? I think not. Oh. <laughs> so. Unless it was unless it was bonus toenails. Oh. <laughs> Toenail clippings. But That's just, you gotta get your calcium somewhere. Uh, of course. But... <laughs> You know, I, even now, like we th- we're, we're we're laughing about how gross everybody is, right? But like, it could be worse. At some point in history, it, it was a lot worse. So, it was a lot worse. in the event of total societal collapse, we got a lot to look forward to. I am personally looking forward to all these people, um, kind of gently um, realizing that they're going to have to live off pasta and tomato sauce for the next six weeks because they realized they couldn't cook um so there's that <laughs> there's that kind of, i just couldn't believe it it's like um i just went and because i went in today just to pick up a couple of things because i've only been going and picking in a couple of couple yeah. of things and depending on what you want to get there's still plenty of stuff there it's just you just need to not be wanting to just have something that you cook in half an hour in an oven kind of thing so we've got we've got plenty of stuff to kind of keep us keep us going yeah. i am um are you gonna i mean i take it are you just is it just gonna be business as usual for you with regards to content are you just gonna still be putting the stuff out there because i i question myself as to whether i should be taking kind of like a break because i know that things and i told you this in the kind of like your green room yeah. um is that things are getting rescheduled and cancelled all the time? I mean, I've had two people already that have just, you know, have said, "Oh, um, I'm gonna, ha- I think I'm gonna have to cancel or push back the launch of the Kickstarter. Yeah. Therefore, there's no point in me guesting on the show." Or I've had other people also just said, "Look, can we just move it back because my life is just, you know, I've well smithed it and my life has just turned upside down." Yeah. Um. So, are you going to continue with the content? Do you see it as a duty just to kind of have? things steady as she goes kind of thing captain i think if anything i'm actually gonna try to make more during this time partially because i'm home and what else am i gonna do it makes me feel like i'm doing something like i'm a worker Mm. by nature so if i don't feel Mm. productive i get really unhappy and i don't feel as well and i just kind of start to wilt so I have to have little projects to do, and like, what better than the project that I've already spent years of my life on my YouTube channel? Um, also, because mm-hmm. you know, like, we're doing this. I don't, I haven't done that many interviews in a long time. I finally got my updated laptop, and I have Ecamm Live again. And like, what better time to reach out and talk to people than when you can't leave the house? You, did a- you know. I also think that having things that are consistent and still business as usual is good for me. Because it makes me feel less panicky. And I think it's good for people. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge channel. But there are people who watch my channel and actually seem to enjoy the things that I make. And mm-hmm. if it makes mm-hmm. anybody feel better to see, like, oh, Davidson's still out there, put up a video, then I think yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. And actually, um, I've been wanting to work on my Latin channel for a while, and I might take the time to do that. I actually, so please, all the gods, let GameStop be open on Friday. I need to go pick up some groceries that will hopefully exist. I'm doing curbside pickup, so I don't mm-hmm. go in the store. And then I want to go to GameStop, mm-hmm. and I want to get the copy of Animal Crossing that I pre-ordered. Wow. Because I want it really bad. Um, because not only do I want to play it, so maybe I won't be making content for this channel for a while. No, but um, <laughs> I actually think Animal Crossing has great potential for I, I got a capture card and did like a complete playthrough of the Untitled Goose Game and voiced it over Game in dead, Latin. Yeah. So what yeah. I've been waiting for is Animal Crossing because you can make videos about animals, neighbors, the mm-hmm. house, furniture, mm-hmm. fishing, museums, mm-hmm. like all those different little things. They make really cool little one-off videos that and now in this age of digital teaching, I could actually use. So I think I'm going to spend some time kind of developing some of those materials and thinking about where I want to go with that. Because it's a project that I started. I haven't had as much time as I want. You know, I teach Latin in a somewhat unusual way. We speak it. We write it. We hear it. It's a very active mm. thing in my classroom. 
without that activity, mm-hmm. it's making me a little crazy anyway. So I'll be thinking about that. Actually, uh, <laughs> this is so stupid. But um, I bought a whole bunch of different kinds of cat treats. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm going to, hopefully in Latin, have my cats test them so we can practice words like prefer, better, <laughs> good, not good, but in the context of something that is like compelling because everybody likes cat videos yeah. and that entertains yeah. me. Like it just fits my sense of humor. And so I just want to make stupid stuff while I can. Like I kind of feel like the best thing about the internet is we can all comfort each other by just making dumb crap for each other yeah. to enjoy. Like because I'm not a doctor. I mean, I am, but not that kind, right? And so, like, I can't... <laughs> you know, I mean, I teach Latin. And the things that I do, I make. I have a board yeah. game channel. I clearly exist for my own enjoyment, and then hopefully also for the enjoyment of other people. Because it ain't practical. It's there for enrichment. And I sort of feel like that's what I need to keep providing. Because that's what I'm good at doing. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to... I think um, I think I'm the same. It's going to depend on, I could say, oh, it could depend on guests. But I mean, I think people keep continually telling me, well, you've got there's so much stuff you've got out there already that people there's a backlog that people can check anyway. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing. I think if it depends on the circumstances and it depends what happens. Yeah. But I'd like to continue to to kind of keep going and um, keep speaking to people and keep putting things out there i think that people are going to get stir crazy i don't think there's going to be an issue with folk going to guest i don't think yeah because everybody's going to be working in in isolation (laughs) exactly (laughs) if anything i could potentially have more guests right if anything if anything tom vassal might say yes that's not true. It's not like I've asked him. It's not like I've went, hey, Tom, do you want to go on the podcast? I've not. I've, I don't think I've ever asked him. You know him. what? You should. You should. Tom is actually a really funny, nice person. Like, and I mean, I don't say that like I'm surprised. I just mean that, you know, he's so busy and he is so important to our industry. And just getting to have a normal conversation with him, which I haven't done until maybe within the last six months, was really mm. cool. He's a really cool person. You should ask. He might say yes, and then it would be fun. Yeah, I get I get the impression that what you see is what you get with him. That there isn't kind of like the Tom Vassell personality, and then Tom Vassell, you know, he's not like he sits down, takes his hat off, and sticks yeah. his string vest and on and goes right. <laughs> he lets us watch stage of our lives. No, I think that's actually what he likes to wear. Gonna... Yeah, I think that's just really him. But as it's just you know, it just as yeah, your people just, say, you know, he's a pretty chill guy. He is just oh, what it says go. on the tin. <laughs> it's just but, what. It says. But you know what? I'm actually exactly. like that. My, I mean, I, I would, I endeavor to be that way myself, right? I try not to be. Honestly, every version of me that you see on YouTube is some is authentically me. It might be like a more professional or a less professional. Like, and this, let's just say that we had the probably very telling juxtaposition of reviews and poop in this conversation. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like. That's that's both me. It's fine. <laughs> I think it's difficult to um, to do something like this and 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 continually keep up the kind of the act, yeah, kind of thing. I think it gets to the point it becomes exhausting, and I think that's why some people kind of drop away. Is that um, I'm not saying people are, are not genuine. What I say is they kind of go in and say, right, I'm going to do this, and this is going to be my YouTube type character, or this is going to yeah. be the person that I'm going to try and come across when I'm doing my media. And I think um, it can become really exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> after a while. Yeah. And I think the people that kind of last the longest are just like, well, this is me. This is what I do. And if you like it, then you like it. And if you don't like it, then you you, you kind of don't like it. Yeah. Um. You know. And we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, I'm going to be, you know, as um, somebody who's the age that I am, <clears throat> I'm pretty concerned. What's happening? You're a spring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a spring chicken because I'm able to run quite far fast from the axe. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, it's, 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 it's an interesting time. It's kind of like it's not. It's um I was just saying this just now to um to my partner was like um um my son is a little bit anxious but he's not 
sure about what he's anxious to be about. And I says, yeah. well, it's not like it's not like I can turn around and say, you know, when there was really bad snow or really bad rain or, you know, even if there was bad case of chicken pox going about or if, you know, um, anything like that. It's not like you can turn around and say, oh, I remember when I was a yet. You know, I remember when I was your age and there was really, really bad snow and don't worry about it, it's fine. It's like, it's not like I can turn around and go, yeah, I can really, I I remember when I was younger and there was a worldwide plague apocalypse type of event going on. And it's kind of like, it's. I think it's the fear of the, um, I think it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And it's like, I guess the only thing I can be is just kind of, you. I guess I could run around with my arms in the air. Yeah, but all that means is that I'm going to smell what my underarms smell like, and I don't want to do that. Or I can just get on with stuff and and yeah. see and see where we go, but not kind of like get on with stuff and ignore it. Can I get on with stuff but say, okay, um, is your job at the moment to hide away, or is your job at the moment to continue? If oh, this is going to sound so big-headed, but it's like what you said, you've got a channel where people kind of watch. And pay attention to what you're doing and like what you do and subscribe to you and look forward to seeing your videos yeah and is it kind of like your duty to try and make sure that you're kind of keeping that normality for people as much as possible so that when they refresh their youtube list you're there or you know or like am i if they're refreshing their podcast feed that i'm there and they can go all right here's another episode just yeah. so they can tune out for like an hour or 20 minutes or yeah. half an hour or whatever. The, the other thing that I think this just kind of brings in a sharper relief for me that I've thought about a lot in the past few months is, you know, I'm sort of, I'm a person who's actually pretty anxious and like prone to melancholy. I mean, it doesn't always seem mm-hmm. it, right? Because I'm usually smiling, but I have to fight mm-hmm. for that sometimes. And I feel like, you know, life is going to throw bad things at you, period. It's going to happen. It could be really, really bad. It could be mildly bad. But I sometimes feel like the most kind of rebellious thing you can do is find joy and just keep finding it, no matter Mm -hmm. what. And so I'm trying to bring that optimism to this situation. Because if I don't, like, what is there if you're just going to be miserable? And that doesn't mean, like, doing stupid stuff or being like, well, go out anyway. It's just trying to find things to appreciate, even in a less than ideal situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like words to words to live your life by. <laughs> and you know, do as I say, not no, as I, I do, mean, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean it's difficult to kind of get out there and go. Yep, I'm gonna go on with it. I think at the moment, you know, but we can be just play games. Um, you know, I so I'm potential. I guess um, <clears throat> and probably my partner, my wife, dreading this is me turning around and saying, right, if you're bored. And we've got nothing to do. I have a cupboard full of board games. Does she not like the game? That we can play. <clears throat> uh oh. <laughs> you gotta learn how to solo time. game, my man. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that sounds a completely different thing. Um, um, uh, no, but you know, there's that opportunity now to kind of like, you know, jump straight in there with uh, Through the Ages. And, you know, all these lovely, simple games. I'm going to start off slow, and I'm going to build it up. Okay. You know, we've got plenty of time if we go into self-isolation. So yeah, let's start off with something simple. I bought my boyfriend something. I really hope it's going to work. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. I bought this, and it came in the mail today. Wow. Right? It was like $13. I was wow. like, I can take a $13 yeah. risk on a two-player game. Of course. Yeah. Because maybe we'll have time to play it. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'll still play maybe. solo. Honestly, I, I I think I scratch a different itch with, you know, I, I like to play socially and I like to play solo. I like them both and they are a little different. But it'd be really nice to, like, take some time to include my partner more in a hobby that dominates so much of my life. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the only other thing I'm kind of conscious and worried about is that there is some people that are going to the board game group that... um. The, the level of interaction that they get at the group is in some ways like a relief for them. Yeah. That they've got, they're not living their best life. And that they come along on the Friday to be that person who's amongst people that they understand and they can chat with and talk with. And I think right. there's, uh, uh, you know, I think it's like that's not exclusive to board games, but I think there's a lot of people who 
um, <clears throat> suffer from a bit of social anxiety or mm-hmm. suffer from a bit, of, you know, social communication issues and board games are a way that allows them to get together with groups of friends and play something and kind of kind of reach out and talk to people and understand. And I think we need to bear that in mind that yeah. um, being conscious of actually just reaching out to those people who would normally play games and just make sure that everybody's kind of kind of okay yeah because it's not something you generally ask if you didn't see somebody at the club you're maybe going to say oh i didn't see you last week are you okay kind of thing and i think if this is going to be something that we're not going to be able to gather for four or five months at a time right i don't know people's circumstances if they're living alone or if they're living with parents or if they're you know housemates or married or whatever you know but some of them they could be going through stuff that the board game club can help them get through yeah and they kind of look forward to and i think that's an important thing as we talk about you know board games being a community and i think um we're going to make sure we try and maintain that as best as we can yeah i think kind of going forward like if we say we're a community you know, we should be a community yeah regardless of whether meeting together or not i think that some people kind of really like the chance to kind of sit down with somebody else and just you know have general chit chat because they need that because um everything else to them at the moment isn't the best thing in the world and it's one of the things they rely on so i think that's one of the things it's all about i mean for me it's like i like to play games yeah great but for some people is i really like to gather around with my mates because um life isn't treating me as well or um life is treating me as well and this is just something that's a little bit of an extra icing on the cake on top of it so it's kind of like two things i think that's something we have to be conscious of yeah i mean i'm actually i read like an extrovert i actually am introverted so if you come check on me in two weeks and nobody's talked to me i'll probably be okay Mm. but yeah not everybody's like that and i think you're absolutely right to bring up the aspect of community of you know you're the people you play with I mean, are they really just people you play with? Yeah. So. Yeah. On that note. I know it's late for you. On that note. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So play games. Talk to your friends. Find ways to play online. Where can we find you if people want to bother you on the internet? Um, Okay. (laughs) Oh, that was a good crack. (laughs) I like that. Um, Well, you can find me on... All the different places. I say worn out faces bright and early for the daily races because I'm on like... You search for We're Not Wizards on Google and you'll find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And we've got our blog, which is we'renotwizards.blogspot.com. We've got our website, which is we'renotwizards.com. You can find us on all the different podcast catchers of choice, your Apple podcasts and such like. Um, I didn't talk about what we do. We just basically, it's a podcast where I talk to people and sometimes cardboard comes up and sometimes it's just like like when me and Ben Maddox get together it's just two old men shouting at the sky <laughs> being angry <laughs> about stuff um, but yes I have a lot of fun I can I can tell everyone here yeah. it is good listening I listen to your podcast and I enjoy it which is why I want to just hang out tonight and of course if you're watching this video you've already found me here at Beyond the Solitaire Happy gaming, everybody. Yeah. Goodbye.